What's going on, 9 a.m.? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you've joined with us this morning. Can we give it up for all of our family that is watching with us online here with us this morning? Man, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We're so glad you're joining in online with us today. We are in a series called Issues that we started two weeks ago. And uh, we, we are just talking about some of the things that are going on in life that we all deal with. Because here's what I know about you is that you have issues. Here's what I know about me because I know me. I have issues. And we all have some things that have been around in our lives from our upbringing that a lot of us, we don't even recognize and realize until they kind of rear their ugly head. And they're just things about your upbringing that have an impact on you. And I was, Shayla and I were kind of discussing this this week uh, about some things that, that our parents told us that they said, hey, you, you shouldn't do this. And they told us it was, if we did is something bad would happen that it actually was not true so that they could get us not to do things. Like how many of you guys, your parents told you, uh, don't cross your eyes or they'll get stuck like that. Come on. Come on, anybody have their parents tell them that? Or how about this one? Uh, my parents told me all the time, hey, when you're in the pool, if you pee in the pool, it will turn a different color and everybody will know that you peed in the pool. Anybody else? Come on, raise your hands. Your parents told liars. I peed in the pool yesterday just to, just to see and it would, did nothing happen. <laughs> Actually, I didn't do that, but I thought about it. And just, uh, but there are things that, that were said to you in life that if you believe them and you've continued to live your life believing them, that they would be impacting your life for the rest of your life. And I believe that there are some things that have happened to all of us, maybe some words that weren't said, some, maybe some things that were said over our lives that we have taken, and it has impacted the rest of our lives without us knowing it in life. And so what we're doing in this series is we're looking at the relationship that God the Father had with Jesus the Son while he was here on this earth, because there are some things that we can take from that relationship that if we'll get and we'll understand, will help us live our life to the maximum capacity and plan of what God has for us. And I believe that if, if Jesus was able to walk so effectively here on this earth, it was because of some things that he knew about himself that his father instilled him in him. And I want those same things instilled into every single one of us so we can walk in the same authority that Jesus had here on this earth. And so there's two instances in the New Testament where God literally comes comes down from heaven and speaks over Jesus's life. And one of them happens in Mark chapter one, verses 10 and 11. And it says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and a spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and it said this, you are my son whom I love and with him and with you I am well pleased. And so before Jesus has ever done anything in ministry, this is the very beginning of him starting, God says, man, I love you, I'm well pleased in you, man, and you are my son. And, and right here he's telling us that, that no matter where you are, right where you are, there is nothing that you can do that can earn God's love. God sees you perfectly just as you are right now. Like he is well pleased with your life, but it doesn't just say it here. 
three years later into Jesus' ministry when everything is great and going on, God appears another time on a mount of transfiguration. He's revealing himself as that, that God is there and that Jesus truly is the Son of God. Some of the disciples are there with him. And again, God speaks from heaven in Matthew chapter 17. It says this, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So God the Father speaks to Jesus the same thing twice. Significant. I think it's what every child needs to hear from their parent. And I think it's what every single one of us needs to hear in our lives today. He says this, you are my son, talking about acceptance. Like we need to understand and know that we are accepted because in life what we experience a lot of times is a lot of rejection. And we said the first week of this series, we overcome man's rejection by embracing God's acceptance. And the more that we can embrace God's acceptance, man's rejection will mean nothing to us because we know we are fully and completely accepted by God. Then he says, whom I love, and he's talking about affection, and we're gonna dive into this today, and we're gonna talk about love, and we're gonna get, dive into your love life, and I believe that we're gonna reveal some things. You're here because God wants to deal with your love life on some multiple levels. And then next week, we're gonna finish this series off with this phrase, with whom I am well pleased, and we're gonna be talking about the affirmation that all of us are looking for in life, and we all need an attaboy and a good job and I believe that there are some things that God wants to speak over your life and affirm you in, in some different ways. But here is the problem with all of these. A lot of us, we have been looking for these things from humans. And we said uh, the very first week that our greatest needs are fulfilled partially by people, but fully in God and perfectly in God. And so we need to understand that when we look to people for, for affirmation, when we look to people for affection, when we look to people for acceptance, we're gonna get a portion of that, but we're never gonna get the fullness of what we're looking for. That's only gonna come fully and completely and perfectly from our relationship with God. And when we receive it from God, what it does is it brings a freedom to our life that we'll never experience anywhere else. And so today, everybody say today. Come on, I'm, I'm gonna need some participation today. I've got a little bit of energy this morning. I drank some tea with energy in it, and so I'm gonna need you to give me some feedback here. And so, so today we're gonna be talking about your love life, and we're gonna be talking about the fact that most of us are looking for love in all the wrong places. And there isn't a more difficult and confusing topic in the world than the topic of love. Like, Love has created more heartache, more heartbreak, more, more sleepless nights, more uh, conflicts, more stress than probably any other word in our English language. And it's all because of the word love. And the reason that is is because our English language only has like one word for love. And therefore, I love tacos. I love Chipotle. I love my wife, I love golf, I love, I love uh, Netflix shows. Like there are all kinds of things that we love and what happens is we end up loving everything. And the problem is, is if you love everything, do you actually really even love anything? So what's happening is, is, is we're raising up a generation that loves tacos and with the same word loves God. 
If you think about that, it's, it's a little scary. Uh, two weeks ago, we had our foster son, Alexander, with us, and we go to breakfast every Saturday morning, and we went to our, our breakfast spot, and they brought out some, some eggs and some bacon, and I looked at him, and I go, man, I love bacon. He's three years old, so he's in the repeat everything you say stage. He goes, I love bacon, and I bite into my bacon. He bites into his bacon, and we eat bacon, and we're like, man, I love bacon. The problem is, is at the end of the meal, when the server comes to clear their plates, there's still some bacon on the plates, and yet we've just said, hey, I love this thing, but yet they take the bacon and go and throw it away. And we're raising up a generation that there are things that we can love in this life, but when we're finished with them, we can just toss them. And our problem is, is we don't have another word for it, but the good news is, is the Bible was not written in English. It was actually written in Greek. And in the Greek, there's actually four words for the word love, not just one. And so we're going to dive into this, and we're going we're to help you see that there are some different uh, levels of love in your life. In, in fact, I put it in your notes like this. There are four words for the word Greek, for the word love. The first one is phileo, and it's this friendship level love. This is your crew. This is your boys. These are your girls. These are your people. These are the, the relationships that you have chosen to do life with. And the problem with this level of relationships is this is the most surface level of love that there is. And in all of these relationships, these, the, the thing about these things is you know as well as I know that over time, friends change, don't they? The people you started with aren't always the people you end with. And so, yet, yeah, but we put so much effort into this, and we, we think it's going to last forever, but typically it does not. And so that's, that's the first level of love. Then there's a second level of love, and it's this word eros, and it's, it's a romantic love. This is, this is where all the feelings that we have, all the emotions that we have, this is a sexual love that you experience when you think about that guy or you think about that girl. It is what our culture celebrates all of the time is the eros romantic kind of love it's what every movie you go to see is all about boy meets girl boy and girl fall in love they go off in the sunset and live happily ever after right celebrated it's the second level of love, but there's a greater level of love than that. It's, it's storge, and it's this family love. It's this, this love that is it's the ones that you didn't choose. You just happened to be a part of them. It's, it's your grandkids. It's that aunt. It's that uncle. It's your children. It's your mom. It's your dad. It's your in-laws. There is something about them. Sometimes you would like to get away from them, but you can't, and you go, I don't really understand it. I don't know why, but I just love these people. And I never understood this kind of love until somebody handed me this little baby named Alexander that my wife and I, we did not give birth to, that we did not produce. But when they put him in our arms, it was like instantaneous love where it's like, man, I would do anything for you. I would die for you. It was just like this family aspects. It's this third level of love. But there is a, another level. Everybody say another level. Another level of love, and this is the most intense level of love, this is the most real level of love, and it's a level of love that I want you to experience today. In fact, it's the reason I believe that you are at Coastal Community Church this morning is to experience this love, and it's called agape. 
and it's divine. It's an unconditional love. It is a love that will change everything about your life when you experience this level of love. In fact, it will change how you deal with family. It will change how you deal with romance. It will change how you deal with friendship when you have this in your life because what it is founded on is it's founded on the ultimate love, which is the love of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. This, uh, it's this, actually this word agape. Let us continue to agape one another, for agape comes from God. Another version says, God is love. And this is, this is what the Bible is talking about. There is this great level of love that is found fully and solely, completely in God himself. And, and, and so many of us, we've been looking for love and we've been looking for love from our parents or that boss or that relationship and we end up frustrated, we end up annoyed, we end up just, just longing because we've been looking for something from people that only God can give us. And it's this unconditional and this is this divine love. It says it in Romans like this, but God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still stimmers. Another version says he demonstrated this love. And I believe in a few minutes, we're gonna give you the opportunity for you to experience the demonstration of this love that can totally impact your life. And here's why it's important for you to understand that this love is important in this series called Issues. It's because of this. The love you experience determines the love you'll express. Somebody needs to hear that again. The love you experience is gonna determine the love that you, you express. So if you only experience love on a friendship level, then when you go to the next level, you're not gonna be able to express the love that you're supposed to be expressing. And so many of us are wondering, why can I not experience this level of love? It's because you've never actually experienced the ultimate love that will allow you to translate into every lower level of your life. It is a trickle-down effect in your life. And I think it's so important. The only way for me to be able to explain this kind of love to you today is, is I've got to invite a friend to the stage. She's never made an appearance at Coastal, but she, she is, she's been known around the scene. Her name is Parkland Penny, and, and Parkland Penny is here to help us uh, with some of y'all are like, man, my pastor has lost it. Where has he been? I heard that he was sick last week. Yeah, I did. And so I got Parkland Penny here. And uh, Parkland Penny is gonna help us explain how we experience love in all the wrong places in life. Because so many of us, we're looking for love, but we're looking for it in the wrong places. And so a lot of us, what we do is we think, man, you know what? I'm looking for love. So the first place that we start is we start with, we start with our friends, right? We, we go with the girls and we, we're in. Parkland, we're hanging out, we're at the pool. Like, she's gotta find some sisters for her life. Like, they're all besties, right? They're like, we're besties, we're just so good. They get together at the pool, they take out their iPhone, they take pictures of only their legs. Come on, just their legs. I have no idea why. Not showing the rest of their bodies, but they're like, my legs are good. And so they're like, they're, they're going out, they're hanging out. They're like, they go to Nordstrom's and they're like, have you smelled this new scent? They're like, oh my gosh, girl, it is so good. Like they're valley girls, like all happening right here in Parkland. And they, they, they have this false sense of like, this is going to last forever. In fact, Parkland Penny bought one of those hearts that's like broken in half. She put one on and she gave one to this girl and she said, we we are gonna be friends forever. 
some of you are like, oh, snap, I'm going to just <laughs> hide that right now. She put all the attention into this relational world here thinking, this is going to last forever. But love that is experienced in friendship, you need to know, it's fickle. It's fickle, like, just because you're, some of you, here's what's going on. You're frustrated right now in your relational world because you thought that those people would be there with you forever when you needed them most. But what you have failed to realize is that love at this level is very shallow and is, as much as you think we're, and, and every once in a while you're gonna have one of those friends that lasts, but the majority of the time, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna go off to college and maybe you two go off to college. These other people go to different colleges. You lose track of each other. You graduate, you get married, they get jobs, they get married, they move to other cities, they move to other places and what you thought was going to last forever has a shelf life. Because you're looking for love in all the wrong places. And so what happens is, is you go, you, there's gotta be a greater level of, of love than what these friendships can get. So, so Parkland Penny moves on and she meets Parkland Pete, just rolling just rolling in the the, per, the pink Corvette, and and she's she's Parkland Pete and her. She's like, there's an attraction there. I mean, Parkland Pete's a good guy. He's got a good tan. He's been at the gym a little bit. Maybe done some CrossFit. Got some muscles going on. And so they they get to talking. They get to hanging out. And and this is where that eros love is. That romantic love is coming into play. And and Parkland Pete knows what to do in this situation. So what does he do? He drives her out to the beach. And he goes and he gets, he gets dinner on the water and they're walking along the beach as the sun is setting in the west and, and they get back to the car and the top's down and they have, this, they have this moment where they turn and they look to each other and he's like, man, I've never met anybody like you. And she's like, oh, oh, nobody's ever got me like you. And then there's this, this uh, okay, we're in church. It's getting a little weird here. But they... Some of you are like, how did he know my line? Because it's everybody's line. <laughs> but here's what nobody told Parkland Penny. Is those feelings, that love that is experienced in romance, is fading. Because how many of y'all know that, that Parkland Pete's six-pack turns to a dad bod real quick? <laughs> like you didn't know that they wake up and they have bad breath. Like you're like, who are you when the makeup rubs off? Why? Because those feelings are fading. And here's the deal. We're looking for something called a perfect love and an imperfect person. Because how many of y'all know, Parkland Pete's got some issues. He's got some anger problems. He's got some pride issues. Like there are some different, there are some things that are there that you don't recognize in the moment. You think, man, this is going to be the epitome of love. And it leaves you wanting. So, so what does she do? She goes, you know what? There's gotta be another level of love. There's gotta be a, a, another level to this. And, and she thinks to herself, well, there's gotta be another level. So she goes and, and, and what she does is she moves on. 
So Parkland Penny goes, man, there's gotta be a greater love. And she, she, she goes and she goes to the next level and it's, it's this family level, it's this storge level of love. And, 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 and she gets the husband who is ob- obviously different than Parkland Pete because she, she realized that that wasn't gonna last. And the kids that she prayed for for so long, she's living in the country club in the Barbie dream house, which is every girl's dream apparently, I found out last night from every like six year old. They wanted this. So what happens is, is those, that family that you prayed so hard for, those children that you wanted for so long, now are the very thing that annoy you and drive you crazy. Why? Because love that is experienced in family is frustrating. It's frustrating. You give and you give and you give and they take and they take and they take. And then you give and you're like, why does nobody else seem to be contributing to this? And you just end up frustrated and wanting because while it's another level, it is not perfect. Because ultimately that's not where that love that you're looking for is going to be found. And so Parkland Penny goes, man, there's, there's gotta be another level. And, and she goes and she discovers that there is another level. It's another level that changes everything and it's a level that is not epitomized by the things that this world has found. And it's this agape love that God has, this unconditional divine love that he wants for every single one of us to experience because why? Love that is experienced in God is foundational to our lives. It becomes the foundation of our life and everything that we've been looking for in our family, everything that we've been looking for in the romantic relationships, everything that we've been looking for in the friendships is found ultimately here. And when we get things here right, what it does is it makes all of the the husband and wife relationship better. It makes the parent-child relationship better. When you're a single person, it makes your romantic life better and it makes your, your friendships better because you're not looking for them to fill things in your your life that only God can fulfill because you've experienced the ultimate love so therefore you're not frustrated by the friends who let you down because you know that there is a God that will never let you down and allows you to move forward in life and so what I want to do over the next couple of minutes is I just want to talk to you about the love of God and I want us to experience that foundation and I want you to experience God's love in a real way so if you're taking notes today number one is this is you need to know that God's love is available. It is available. Now, here's what I know about, about relationships, particularly romantic relationships. If you're in a relationship, uh, the, the biggest moment of your relationship is when somebody decides that they are gonna drop the L word in the relationship, right? I mean, it's, it's like where you deter, where it's the rubber meets the road of the relationship. And if you're the person that's about to drop the L word, when you go and you take that step of faith and go, I love you, your hope is, is that the other person reciprocates back and goes, I love you too, and doesn't add like a friend. It's like the worst thing that could happen. And here's what you need to know. God has stepped out first and foremost, and he wants you to know here today, I love you. 
Like, I love you. And not only do I love you, but I will love you even if you don't love me back. See, I don't know how you think or how you were raised. I don't know what your perception of God is. A lot of people think God is mad at them. God is angry at them. God is indifferent to them. But you need to know here today that God loves you, that God has a plan for you. And if everyone else abandons you in life, God will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. In fact, Romans chapter five, verse five says this. And he says, and this hope will lead not to disappointment, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Now this is interesting because notice he said, I didn't fill your heads with love. I filled your hearts with love. See, the problem for a lot of us is a lot of us, we have a a foundational fundamental knowledge that God loves us. The problem is, is it hasn't translated from our head yet to our hearts. And God isn't about conveying facts to you. He actually wants to convey some feelings to you. He wants you to know beyond of a shadow of a doubt that there is an experience that God wants you to have with him, not just an understanding of his love, but an experience with his love. That's why he says, I want you hot and not cold. Because the only way you can be hot is when you get hot. He says, man, I want you to experience that same kind of love in your heart. I don't want it just to be a head knowledge. I want it to be a heart knowledge where it's something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a feeling that there is something that is transformative that is happening inside of your hearts here today. And he says, here's the deal. All you have to do is, all you have to do is take the step to open up your life and say, God, would you be willing to fill my heart? Because here's the thing about God. He's a gentleman. He does not go into places and spaces he is not invited in. And so he's waiting for an invitation from you to fill your hearts with this agape love that is unconditional and transformative that he wants to have happen in your life. Second Thessalonians 3, 5 says this, may the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. See, what he's, see we need to understand that something is leading our heart. For every single one of us in life, something is leading our heart. It could be that guy, it could be that girl, it could be that job, it could be those goals or those aspirations, but something is leading your heart. And my challenge for us today, church, would be, are you allowing God to lead your heart? For you that are watching online right now, my challenge for you is, is are you allowing God to lead your heart today because he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you to a place where you will experience his love in a greater measure of your life. Because here's why, whatever consumes your heart ends up consuming your life. So he wants to lead your heart, but the problem is for a lot of us is we're allowing a lot of other things to lead our heart and we're wondering why we're ending up in places in life where we're dissatisfied and we're frustrated. And I would submit to you is because what's leading your hearts? You've allowed other things to lead your heart. And my goal for you would be that you would have a vulnerable moment and go, God, I don't want those other things to lead my heart anymore. I want to allow your Holy Spirit to fill my life and lead my heart into your love so I can have an experience with you that doesn't just translate to my head, but moves from my head to my heart so I can know you better. Number two, God's love is counter-cultural. 
God doesn't love the way that man loves. God doesn't love the way that people love. See, people's love is very, very transactional. You do this for me, I'll do that for, me, for you. you. You please me, I will please you. That's not how God acts. See, man's love is about how can you serve me where God's love is is how can I serve you. Man's love is how can, how can I get something out of this and God is like, how can I put something into this? God is like, how can I lead first? Like, how can I take the first step? Because that's what love does. Romans chapter five, verses six through eight, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God loves completely different than people do. See, the world loves as a feeling where God models love as an action. The world models it as, as feelings. And God goes, see, see, no, I'm gonna do it differently. I'm not gonna lead by your feelings. I'm gonna lead by actions because I know that, that my actions will translate to feelings. And here's the problem when it comes to, to romantic love in particular. In our day and our age, we are led so much by our feelings. And so many people, what they do is they fall in love it's like they trip into it, like, oh, I just don't know what happened. I'm just in love. And I've just learned that if you fall in love, you can fall right out of it too. By the way, just, just an FYI, do you know that there's only one time in all of scripture that the words fell in love are actually used? One time. You know what story it's from? Samson and Delilah. If you don't know anything about the Bible, go read it. See how that turned out. Didn't turn out very good for them. We've made love about feelings and God's way is very counter-cultural to that. See, as believers, we don't, we don't feel our way into action, we act our way into feelings. And so, so if, if Shayla, if I don't feel love towards Shayla, I don't decide, well, I don't feel love for her, so I throw her away and go get a new one. No, no, no. What I do, because I believe in Scripture, is I start acting the way that God has told me to act. And based on how I start acting towards her and I start loving her in my actions, you know what will happen? My feelings will follow. Some of y'all are in relationships right now and you're like, well, I just don't feel it. Well, start acting in loving ways. It's not that you've lost a loving feeling. You've just stopped acting in loving ways. And God has called us to live countercultural because, and here's why this is so important, is because everything that God creates that is perfect, the enemy will come along and counterfeit it. Like, that's what he's an expert at. He's gonna give you something that isn't quite as good as the real thing. I learned this in China. I was in China and we were at this market and some lady walked up to me. She's like, do you want some Yeezys? And I was like, yeah, I want some Yeezys. This is when like Yeezys were like the hottest thing on the planet. She like, follow me. And I followed this lady. We went outside of this market. We went down an alley. It was like New York Chinatown back in the day. But this was in actually China in Shanghai. And we're like, I followed her. I got some other guys with me. So I know I'm not gonna get mugged or killed hopefully. And uh, we go into this really crazy looking area. We go up the stairs into this house. There's like guards and all kinds of things. She opens up these closets and like fake everything that you've ever wanted in your life is in these rooms. 
And uh, she pulls out some Yeezy. She's like, oh, are these your size? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great. And I'm like trying them on. I'm like, these are awesome. And the guy next to me goes, oh, that's awesome. I've got real ones right here. And he takes them off and he hands me the real one. So I've got a fake pair of Yeezys in one hand and I've got the real one in the other hand. And what so many of us have done is we have settled for the counterfeits when the real one's sitting right here in our other hand. And here's what I've discovered is if you'll settle for the cheapness of the fake, you'll never experience the greatness that God has for your life. And a lot of us, we're settling for the cheapness of the first level of love or the second level of love or the third level of love, never experiencing the greatness that God has for our lives. It's one of the reasons why bank tellers, you want to know how they teach them how they can spot counterfeit money? They only let them touch real money. They never let them touch fake money because the, the more real that they get in their hands on, the more easy it is for them to spake the to spot the inauthentic, the fake in life. And so the more, the closer that you can get to the cross of Jesus Christ and, and experience the fullness of God's agape love for you, the less you'll settle for the inauthentic fake this world has to offer you. I'm preaching way better than y'all are responding. I'm just letting you know that right now. Number three, God's love is the solution. I don't know what you're going through today, but what I do know is after two decades of following Jesus, whatever I'm going through in life, if I just experience more of God's love, in that situation, it helps me through whatever I am going through. It is the solution. God's love is a solution. It's not just a catchy slogan. Man, there, it is the truth. There's a verse where Jesus says this in John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, obey my commands. Now, for the longest time, I would read this verse and I would think to myself, this, this, this verse always had a terrible connotation to me because I always read this verse, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Anybody else read it like that? Am I the only one? That's how, that's how I perceive it because when you're not there, it's like the text message that you get. You don't know if they're being nice to you or if they're being mean to you. And sometimes the, the Bible can appear that way, in that way. But what he is saying in this passage is, is this, is if you fall in love with me, guess what? You'll want to do all these things. See, the reality is, is we have two options. A lot of us choose option A, which is I've got to obey the commands. So what does that mean? I, 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 I gotta make sure I can't sin, I can't sin, I can't sin. I, man, I can't fail, I can't fail, I can't fail. And so you try not to fail, you try not to fail, you try not to fail. And what do you end up doing? Failing. And God goes, no, 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 I've got, I've got a solution. And it's my love. And so his solution is, is, hey, here's what I want you to do. Instead of you trying not to fail, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to fall more in love with me. And the more in love with me you fall, you know what? The less sin you're going to fall into. Because the more in love with me you are, and the more you're focused on knowing and experiencing and understanding my love, the less sin is going to be an issue in your life. In fact, I wrote it down like this. You don't have a sin problem. You know what you have? Is you have a love problem. See, most of us, we don't have sin problems. We have love problems. And love is the greatest deterrent for sin on this world. 
the greatest deterrent. And some of us, we need to fall more in love with Jesus. The problem for so many of us is we've seen terrible friendships and we've seen terrible romantic relationships and maybe we had an upbringing or a family life that hasn't been that good. And, and if you would just open yourself up today, you would experience this agape, divine love that would start to change everything because God's love is the solution for your life. But not only is it the solution for your life, it's the solution for our world. 1 John 4, 11 says, Dear friends, since God loved us so much, surely we ought to love each other. See, the solution to our world's problems isn't that we band up and go fight everybody else or we, we have a, 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 an argument with other people. You know what the solution is? Is that we would experience so much of God's love in our lives that it would translate out of our lives into every relational dynamic we encounter in life. The Bible actually tells us, for out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And what God is trying to do in this entire process is he's trying to transform our heart by us experiencing his love so it can translate the words and the actions that are coming out of our mouth to transform our world. And I know you're struggling in your relational world and I know that you're struggling in your romantic world and maybe you're struggling in your, your family world but the answer to all of this is the cross and when you get good here, what it does is it makes things good here and it makes things good here and it makes things good here. It's a reprioritization of the importance of the ultimate things in life. Because when it gets played out in here, meaning your heart, not your head, it plays out in every other aspect of your life. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, here's what I know is that there's so many people that are here today that they have the head information that you love them, but maybe they haven't had the heart transformation or they had that a long time ago. God, my prayer is that Romans 5 Five would play out in their lives, that God, that they would cry out and they would open themselves up to experience through the power of the Holy Spirit an infilling of your love, not into their head, but into their hearts. That they would not walk around cold, but they would walk around hot because they've experienced the goodness of God, the, the divine, the unconditional love that our God offers to every man, woman, and child here on this earth. And it would change them and it would transform them in ways like they've never experienced before. But God, here's what I know is that there's some people in here that have never experienced this divine, unconditional love, the kind of love that comes from a God that loved them so much, that saw them in the middle of their sin and said, you know what, I'm gonna create a solution to the problem before they even know they have a problem. And they sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die a sinner's death, the death that you and I deserve so that we can experience life and we can experience God's love and have it more abundantly in our hearts and our lives. And maybe you're here and you've never taken a step of faith to invite Jesus into your heart so that you can experience God's love on the levels that I'm talking about here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you need to do that for the first time or the first time in a long time. If that's you on the count of three, if you just slip your hand up, we'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Yes, ma'am, I see you. One, two, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, sir. Three. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Four. Yes, sir. Five. Anybody else? 
see you back there. You guys can put your hands down. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for loving me so perfectly through your son. Thank you for sending him to die on the cross, a sinner's death that I deserve. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Fill my life with your love. I ask you to not only lead me and guide me, but I surrender to you. I surrender my life and my way to you. God, fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet with your love and your grace and your mercy. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. 